couldn't agree with Seal more. We are mere human beings. We die. We really are so frail and fragile. And yet we don't treat each other with the needed respect and actually just the the needed care, taking into consideration how frail we really are as individuals. One of the things that I think we do to each other and one of the biggest injustices we do is that we take each other for granted and use each other as commodities. And often that is done in human trafficking, in slavery, in not taking each other into consideration in the most fundamental of ways. And that is just as our right to be a human being. So in studio, I've got Mrs. Crisola Papamalis, who is a member of the Provincial Anti-Human Trafficking Task Team. She's also an executive member of Pilani Community Center. Ms. Papamalis, Mrs. Papamalis, Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us about this very important subject. Thank you very much, uh, Lizette. Good afternoon. Thank you for giving me the opportunity and the platform. And good afternoon to your listeners. Mrs. Papamalis, I'd like to start off with a very basic question. You know, we, we look at world today and we look at it, you know, the, the fact that everybody has rights and we kind of just take things for granted that something like slavery no longer exists. Can you tell us, is that a mistaken um, a, you know, conclusion to make or is slavery alive and well in, in, in our daily lives? Slavery, unfortunately, is alive and well. It is not an assumption. Mm -hmm. It is a conclusion that it is happening. And uh, there are people that are walking amongst us that are actually enslaved on different levels. And uh, we, they are not even themselves aware because th they, th the way that their life is and the type of circumstances that they live in, they take it for granted that this is natural and normal. And they are not even aware that they are enslaved. So, you know, we are facing a very big problem regarding the human trafficking issue, particularly in the sub-Saharan Africa, in Africa as a continent, and in South Africa, being at the most southern point of mm -hmm. sub-Saharan Africa. And um, they have been looking at the sub-Saharan African at the United Nations and focusing on several African countries and how they feature uh, as catalysts within the human trafficking situation in the world. And I, I'd like you to maybe just break it down for us. When we say, say modern-day slavery, uh, we're not necessarily referring to you know, people being taken from their country and being sold at a market like they used to do in the olden days. We have a slave trader and they, people are standing there and you bid on them. That, we're not necessarily meaning that in a literal way. Uh, so when we, when we mean modern slavery, what is the definition? What are we talking about if you have to unpack it? Well, modern, we're talking technology. Okay. Uh, you know, the human beings are very strange. Mm -hmm. As much as they embrace uh, development on many levels, and especially on technology, so does the part and the element of themselves and the attribute that they have to hurt each other also grows. So they use technology as a way of marketing the human stock. So instead of us having markets in the streets mm -hmm. where people are standing naked with a placard in front of them and being auctioned we now have the websites and we have the they are very encrypted and they are difficult to find mm -hmm. but they do we exist. have the syndicates yes that are actually promoting that and uh, as we said slavery is on many levels we have slavery that happens within the household uh, be it because of culture or religion, you will find that mostly women or children are treated as slaves. And 
they fit the criteria because there's criteria that's driving the identification of human traffic, uh, trafficking victims. We, you don't just look at someone and say this now uh, is a victim of human trafficking, this person. But there are criteria that make us realize that this particular individual is being trafficked in several ways because human trafficking is uh, having several categories as well. Can you give me some of those criteria that we use when we're looking at human trafficking? Yes. Let's look at specifically in the household. In the household, we are looking at uh, a person who is not allowed to exit mm-hmm. or uh, get out of the house as she or the child wishes. A child perhaps is not attending school and has to take care of the siblings or the housework or the wife or whoever is within the house mm-hmm. is um, designate, is given designated tasks. They are not receiving payment or even sufficient payment, perhaps not even medical care they are expected to perform. They have a designated time for for meals. They are not allowed to access uh, food or other amenities in the house unless within a schedule that's been prescribed by the the people that are holding them in bondage. And as I said, this can be because of religion, of culture, or because they have actually been bought as um, a debt repayment or as a, a person that is, was so destitute that or the family of that person were not aware that this particular person was going to be sold into slavery. What we also find is in our farm areas where we get uh, illegal immigrants yes, and also children of illegal immigrants that are crossing our borders and they are utilized there in what we can only term as in on a level of slavery. Now, Mrs. Papamalis, I, I want to ask this question. When we, when we think of South Africa, we look at our constitution, we look at the fact that we fought in order for us to gain freedom, to vote and to move freely without passbooks. How rife in South Africa is human trafficking and slavery? Now, th- th- there is, you know, there's the push effect and there's the pull effect when it comes to, to, to trafficking and, and, and slavery and modern day slavery, where the, you, you sometimes are the destination and sometimes you're the provider. When you're looking at South Africa, what are those different elements? In South Africa, we first of all, let's talk about our policy. There was okay. no policy until 2014 that was governing the the borders of South Africa regarding uh, illegal, regarding the rights of people entering illegally. Mm-hmm. And therefore, that um, undermines certain of the rights of illegal immigrants in our country through the Constitution. So let's start from there. Uh, South Africa is also a country of procurement mm-hmm. as well as a country of destination okay. and also a country of exploitation. So unfortunately for us, because of the strategic position that we hold, also with the borders of other countries that are currently developing or find themselves in situations of war, transitional situations, we see that they have, um, that um, South Africa becomes vulnerable to all levels of human trafficking. Let me clarify the different types of human trafficking that we get. We don't only get slavery, mm-hmm. we get um, uh, uh, the children that are that are used as soldiers, the child soldiers. Yes. We are getting um, sexual exploitation mm-hmm. of children as well as um, adult women. Mm-hmm. 
and we also get uh, the the elderly who are used into beggary. That you will find them that they are being put out to beg, and their money are being collected by the syndicates. So we get that with the elderly. We get the servitude at home, the domestic mm-hmm. servitude. We get the common ground slavery. We get the the selling of human parts, body parts, and several other gruesome types of of stock exchange like that. So South Africa is in the middle of it right now. And um, because of the stringent criteria of identifying the victims, because uh, as I said earlier, and I want to explain here a little bit and say how we found ourselves so involved in human trafficking as Pilani Community Development Centre mm-hmm. is because we were running the provincial program on commercial sex workers. Okay. So doing the groundbreaking regarding that type of program, we found out about sexual exploitation yes. and if we collecting stories from the commercial sex workers, we found that some of them were actually being trafficked. Now, when we approached the National Persecuting Authority and our police, we found out that they have to fit several criteria. Criteria. Mm -hmm. And these criteria are very, very strict. You have to be able to produce that you are not willing, a willing participant in what is happening to you. You have to be able to to state where you came from and the reason that you entered South Africa. You must also bear in mind that you are now yourself a criminal. Yes. Because at this point, in order for you to be pro- broken in and to be molded into whatever type of slavery uh, or type of human trafficking you are being molded in, you find that you are s- 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 made sub, 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 sub they sub, 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 yeah. yeah, they under they break you down, down yes. by um, starving you and giving you drugs. drugs. So you become drug dependent. So by then you are a, a cold criminal. So it's very difficult for them and our law to separate what are the criminal offences and how are you a a victim within this system. It's very, very complicated Mm. and a lot of things to take into consideration. I'd like us to unpack that further after this break. SAFM, leading the conversation. We're talking about human trafficking and it's two years on since slavery was abolished and yet we're still sitting in a situation where a lot of people are basically bought, sold. Um, I don't even know if, if, if anybody gets really paid in this, besides the people actually doing the selling. Um, when it comes to human beings that are just, act, the human rights are not taken into consideration. We'd like to get your opinion, uh, your thoughts, uh, maybe some problems that you have in the community that you have noticed. Give us a call 891 0891-104-207. You can also SMS us on 40938. 40938. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. Also, like to hear your view when by hearing your voice. Uh, hit us up on WhatsApp 0614-104-107. In studio, we've also got Mr. Nswalo Cassandra Makubela, who is the Secretary General of South African Congress of Nonprofit Organization. May thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Thank you. Good afternoon and good afternoon to the listeners of SAFM. I'd like to start off by asking you a, a legislative question. Um, when we look at the Trafficking Victims Protection Act, can you, can you tell us as South Africa, 
have do we have that in place? Do we is it part of um, our constitution or, or our, our books on our on our law books when it comes to human trafficking and how we police it? Wow, thank you. It's a good question. I cannot say we have it very much outside in the public. Mm-hmm. We have it in our archives, we have it in our books, but in practice it's very, very difficult. Okay. Uh, the issues of legislating human trafficking, it's very difficult in the sense that the modus operandi of the people who are really benefiting on human trafficking is different. They use different kinds of mode of transport. You can see the way they do it. They are changing every time. They even change their routes. So talking to legislation, it doesn't even stem from South Africa as a country only. It stems from the United Nations, Nations, which is promulgating quite a lot of acts and other instruments that they are being used for assessment in terms of cabbing and in terms of reducing. Now, what I can say is that as a country, our main challenge that we are, fo- we are, we are facing is our porous borders. That mm-hmm. makes it very, very difficult to even document our own people that are coming in and coming out of the country, which is number one. Even if we have good uh, legislation and we have good policies, but if that one we are not managing very well, it becomes very, very difficult. South Africa is surrounded by close to five countries, Mm. which are directly in contact with the country at any different point. And those countries don't even have one entry. They have more than one. So it's just just to start there, that's where it comes in. But after 1994, I think we lacked as a country because it was it was very difficult to know who was coming back from exile and yeah. who was in the country. And I think what we need to do now, we need to strengthen that part where we make sure that uh, we know and document each and every one. Inside the country, the other challenge is to document those that are already inside who do not have proper documentation to be in the country, which makes it difficult to track who is here as an asylum, who is here as a migrant, who is here unlawfully, and that gives us the whole lot of challenges that we are facing. That that also brings, you know, a, a whole set of other challenges when we talk about South Africans and one of the issues that we have as a country is xenophobia. So that is like the, 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 the balancing act of becoming more stringent, but at the same time still welcoming uh, you know our brothers and sisters from from uh, our different country of uh, different countries on the continent uh, is that a policy or is that a practice because you can legislate it but if your guys at the border are taking bribes and letting people in it doesn't really matter that you have it on paper this is the reason why as civil society we came to the party mm-hmm. our coming to the party it started at the CSW uh, 62 in New York this year when we said we re- request to partner with United Nations women so that we start to look into the inside inside the country to say the women that we have what kind of help do they need and what kind of support do this woman feel now my country is stable i want to go home Uh, are they here for medical reasons are they here as asylum if they are here on asylum how do we now start to support and make sure that through the united nations they are able to benefit through those kind of um, beneficiations that exist but within the country we start to 
document through the NPO programs that we are having that uh, Chrisola has already alluded to, to say within the people that were able to get in touch within our sectors, in the informal settlement, in the cities, in the suburbs, in our own locations, can we come with our own instruments that will assist us in tracking the people that we have that are legally and illegally and those that are illegally how do we partner with a home affairs social development and other partners that are willing to support us and make sure that you know we start to put this in record and by the way we have even moved closer to Derko and we have moved as well closer to all the national departments to say we are here to start to work on this issue can they come and partner and programs are being developed to support us in making sure that this documentation program and just assisting those who are in need because there are those indeed that were here because of the challenges in their countries. countries, And there are those who were here because it's easy to come. There are those that are here because they can make themselves comfortable by making own jobs. But again, how do they assist our own brothers that are unable to do welding jobs, to do farming jobs and all that. But we have a huge plight in the farm that it is so difficult that we felt talking to SAFM and telling the entire South Africa that our farms are harboring many people that are not documented, that are are not known which country they come from and how do we start to go through that? How does the Department of Agriculture come into the fold? How does the Department of Land Affairs come into the fold to assist us in making sure that we start to work together as a collective? The thing about all of this, and and, and I understand that it's a huge problem in general but it's also it's multidisciplinary it's more than it's more than one particular department that has to work together and unfortunately you're only as strong as your weakest link in that particular chain what are we doing to ensure that there is seamless um, you know kind of action and communication um, and continued action between the different departments can I Yes, Thank please, you Chrisola. very much. I'm, I'm talking now as a member of the Hauteng Province uh, task team in the anti-human, anti-human trafficking tip, which is trading in people. Uh, that uh, task team was formulated by organizations as well as government structures, as well as several uh, uh, other partners that have come together to formulate uh, and inform, to formulate uh, programs and strategies in terms of addressing the issues of the victims on the field, liaising with the several departments, Mm -hmm. liaising with the South African police, with the National Persecuting Authority, and also reporting to Parliament. So we are having this... uh, this team is extensive in the work that they have done. It has been uh, going on for the last four years. And there are people that are, are, are sitting there that are sitting in parliament at the same time. So what has actually happened is that there is a process from the Department of Social Development because when they are, put the, when they are putting legislation in place, in place. We mustn't forget that the human traffic, the human trafficked person, is part of the victim empowerment mm. of the social development, as well as a criminal under the eyes of the South African Certainly police. Please. So these two have already to come together in terms of the formulation of policy. South Africa does have a policy right now, which is very, very 
uh, much in control in terms of the criteria and assessment of the victims. They have uh, a list of accredited sites where once they manage to get the human trafficked uh, people out of the clutches of the traffickers, they're able to to put them for certain in assessments. Yes, they're able to place them for assessments. And I must say that they're very well secured. They are very well equipped. And it's through those centers that they work with the international, uh, international with the countries of, uh, of the borders, whereby they are able to repatriate Crystal, I'm just going to have to stop you there, yes. unfortunately, because we just need to take uh, news okay, headlines. No it, it's half past. It's just gone after half past two. Uh, apologies, Greg Coase. Here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg. You are on SAFM leading the conversation. We're chatting about human trafficking and what we as a civil society as well as government can do in order to um, come to terms with the scourge as well as to look at different ways to overcome it because of the different challenges that we face in the country as well as in the world today. Um, Chrisola, before we went to the news, you were talking about repatriation and after you know the victims have been identified, after they've been put into these, these different um, places of safety, um, how you also then work with the different countries from which they come. Yes. Can you can you break down that process for we us? We work please? within the countries. There are two. Uh, there are different levels as we we saw late uh, earlier on, and what we are working on is first within our country mm-hmm. to establish where these individuals are coming from, particularly the children as well, and also in conjunction with the Department of Social Development and the Department of Home Affairs, and then once we have established which part of our provinces or even within the district, sub-districts that they are coming from, we initiate contact to see how did this happen and this mm. particular individual ended up as, as a human trafficking victim, you see. Then from there, there are progress, uh, programs in place to rehabilitate and reunite that particular person with their family or to give them skills and place them where they should continue with their life. Now, alternatively, with the countries, we have to link with similar organizations, also the embassies on the other side, so that we can see how uh, these people landed up uh, being in our country. Yes. What was the process? Because, you know, you will find that uh, the most important thing is lack of awareness, that you'll find families that are battling with children and you'll get someone that will go to them and they'll say give me two or three of your children to take to South Africa and to find them jobs or to, to give them a better life yes mm-hmm. then once the children are out or the the youth are out or whoever or the same promise a promise goes for the adults as well then there is a process of whereby the South African police and home affairs have to come together as well as international the the Institute of International Affairs in order for them to be able to correlate and to find the proper way that these people are able to be repatriated and the the process to continue on the other side so they don't land up in our database overruling all that overruling all that you have the syndicates Mm. that as much as we are planning and as Sister Chualo said, United Nations and policies and everything, they are now looking at us 
as they uh, competition. <laughs> and they have to compete with us because that is their livelihood. Yeah, they have to be one step so ahead. Yeah, so we have to always be on the move, be vigilant, be uh, well connected with all the countries. And I'll give it to Sister Ntualo from there for United <laughs> Nations. Thank Met, you very much. Met Ntualo, I just want to ask something quickly, just adding on to what Chrysola has, has said now. When it comes to the fact that we were discussing this earlier, as a country, we are, are both, you know, we, we are both used to, to bring slave labor in. We traffic, we traffic, you know, individuals into the country. We traffic individuals out of the country, and and you know, we're a push and we're a pull all at the same time. And a country of destination, and, and we're a country of destination because of our borders and because we're on the the southernmost tip of Africa. So we've got, you know, the ports that are readily available to take you know people wherever we, they can go. And like you said, you know, they have means of transport that we probably have not even thought of. These are so many factors. That you need to keep track of, mm. um, as 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 me, as as Lizette, you know, uh, as my my producers, as everybody just sitting at home. I have a son or a daughter now that wants to seek a better life, that wants an opportunity because we have you know high unemployment rates. It is so easy to fall into these traps. As society, how do we begin that education process? Uh, how do we begin closing those holes? Thank you for that question. This is the reason why we we started to work closely with UN as civil society and to bring the UN off the Faithful Tower to where the action is. We have started with educational program. These workshops that we have started yesterday with UN, the main purpose is to bring all the NGOs and NPOs and partners that are working within human trafficking and forced labor to start to create a very strong program on awareness campaign mm-hmm. where we are, we want to teach our young children how to observe the signs. How do you see this this person that could lure you to traffic you away or to, you know, to take you away from your parents or of the country? And how do you behave when you meet those kind of people that have been trafficked that might be angry, rebellious and all those kind of things? So we, we have started the education program. We have started uh, to deal with issues of uh, prostitution. I know it's a no-go area for now because we're not sure whether we need to promulgate it into law and say, yes, we go for it or no. It's, it's, it's another issue. But we are saying we need to create awareness where those who want to work as sex workers, it has to be voluntary. Yes. And they need to be trained. They need to know what they're getting themselves into. into. And uh, those who are coming out of those kinds of uh, uh, traps, how do you rehabilitate them back to life and to others? We we have those who go are ready, willing to talk and teach. Mm-hmm. We have those that have already come out of the slavery of different kinds of forced labor, of trafficking and all that now are starting to talk. Some are writing books, some are teaching, physically going out to have workshops in schools and to have workshops outside. But now with the summits that we're starting, we're finishing our summit on Thursday. 
with UN, where we will come together as civil society to come up and chat our way forward with resolutions to say, how are we going to turn it around in our streets, in our areas? The main issue was that we never spoke about it. Yes. We felt it's in the US. Mm. We felt it's uh, in Asia. We felt it's in Europe. We felt it's in the North Pole or wherever. And we also felt that we were always the victims, we that, were f- that we weren't the perpetrators. Exactly. And now we have just realized that actually the challenge that is making us feel that people are taking all resources away from us is because we have these issues that as civil society, as communities, we are not doing anything. So we have started to take our power back. And we have started to confront the elephant in the room as ourselves to say, let's start to know who is in my house, who is in my neighbor. And by so doing, we will assist home affairs and we will support Department of International Relations and the whole country will start to mobile. It will take a while. It will take some time and a lot of effort and resources will be required. But through the systems that we are putting together as a collective, we hope and believe we will get there. Medzin Swallow, thank you very much for taking the time. And thank you very much, Mr. Papamilas, for taking the time to chat to us here on Lifetime Live, chatting about human trafficking in in Africa Africa (laughs) and what we need to do to overcome it. There is currently a summit that is underway. And we do urge you, if you want more information, to please go and do the necessary information searching. Uh, Following our discussion, we're also going to basically ask you to please partner um, as there are going to be focus groups discussions on trafficking in persons uh, and a forced migration. The event is proposed for the 28th of June 2018. It's from 8.30 in the morning till 1 in the afternoon. It's at Johannesburg at the Reef Hotel. Please, 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 if you are in the area, it is a focus group. Do make your way there. We need to talk about this in order to make people aware.